Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. Welcome to Compassion in a T-Shirt in session with Alicia Carter. Alicia is a PhD candidate at the School of Psychology, University of Queensland. She's been investigating body image shame and interventions that might be able to help with that. She's done a systematic review. She's explored a compassion-focused model of body weight shame. And she's run an amazing randomized controlled trial of group CFT. Her passion and enthusiasm are infectious. And she's done some really wonderful work. I hope you enjoy being in session with my friend Alicia Carter. Okay, well, welcome, uh, Alicia Carter, soon to be Dr. Alicia Carter, although yeah. there is a little bit of marking, I think, is there still to yes. happen? Yes, yes, so uh, I've submitted the PhD now, so we're just waiting uh, for my reviewer's feedback, uh, then I respond to that through a vivo which is the oral defence, and uh, yeah, walk out into that room as uh, Miss Alicia Carter and walk out as a doctor. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's a very good door. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 super exciting. I I, um, I really appreciate you coming to have a chat on compassion in a t-shirt in session. Um, although, as I was just saying to you a moment ago, it's it's sort of compassion in a beanie uh, today because it's cold a little bit in as well it's as cold as Brisbane gets you know so uh, it, it's actually not not too bad but yeah I'm, I'm delighted to uh, chat to you I've obviously been watching your progress uh, closely over the last not not that many years three three years or four years I guess yeah. three years you probably were doing it you got through it um, very efficiently and and um, yeah very excited to see that you've brought it all together and and your PhD is is submitted um, and so I was really hoping today to to just get a chance to to maybe hear some of the details I guess you know maybe hear a, a little bit of a a, a sort of a, a summary of it all, but then maybe dive a little bit into the details of, of each of the studies that, that, that you've um, conducted. And in fact, I, I, I thought that um, perhaps if you can step into this elevator with me and, and we'll just sort of, whoop, sort of, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if we could start with a little elevator pitch, you know, yeah, what, yeah. Sort of, yeah tell us the, the executive summary of, of the research you've been doing. So I ran a randomised controlled trial of a 12-session group therapy, compassion-focused therapy program uh, for body weight shame uh, with people who had a BMI greater than 30. Uh, we ran systematic reviews to uh, understand if what was actually really happening out in the world with uh, compassion-focused therapy or compassionate-based therapy programs and if they were being used to address body weight shame uh, and how effective they were uh, being out there. 
And we also ran a survey design of the essential parts of compassion-focused therapy. So as we're aware, uh, compassion-focused therapy was designed to specifically target shame and criticism. Uh, so we used uh, social rank um, social mentality variable, so social rank, uh, to have a look at that a little bit further to see what was really happening uh, for people living in a larger body, uh, and perceived and um, actual, and if they were relating to themselves in a different way, a more harmful way perhaps, uh, than those uh, living in a smaller body, uh, weight actual or perceived, and to see if this was actually creating any mental health uh, struggles. Um, and then we ran a pilot trial of uh, the first ever uh, group therapy compassion uh, manualized program, uh, which is very exciting. And uh, based on the success for that, we ran a uh, larger randomized control trial with over 70 uh, participants, uh, which involved survey, feedback, um, heart rate variability, so physiological changes as well. Uh, and that was my PhD. I, <laughs> In <I> can... <laughs> Welcome to four years later. <laughs> yeah, right. No, no, I can I can hear the steps, the the, the systematic yeah. review, then exploring kind of the model and, and then sort of doing a little bit of well developing a, a manual and or or you know sort of doing a pilot trial and then running an RCT, which is which is no small thing as well. So what about the systematic review? What, so that was, by the sounds of it, a bit of a first step, looking at the literature and, and, and so on. Tell, tell us a bit about the, or maybe even the, the methodology there and perhaps, you know, what you um, ultimately found. Yeah, sure. So uh, we ran a, as I said, like systematic review. So uh, looked at the peer-reviewed as well as thesis uh, papers across a range of different sources to generate what research was actually being done in relation to the couple of the keywords we were looking for. So we were looking for compassion-based interventions. So it didn't have to be a therapy, um, just a uh, compassion-based um, intervention. It had to be an intervention. So we weren't looking at experimental designs. Uh, then we were also looking for um, eating or body image. So that was the focus of uh, the interventions itself has to be targeting one of those uh, with a range of surveys as well um, or outcome measures uh, that were uh, targeting uh, mental health aspects that could be um, well mental wellness um, anxiety depression um, or shame as well um, self-criticism but it was one of those uh, it didn't have to be all of those in a nutshell yeah so so, so yeah when you say um, kind of compassion-based interventions yeah what, what what sort of were the, the the various things that you found there yeah, well, so the aim of the compassion-based interventions was that they we wanted them to be specifically targeting or wanting to increase compassion. So uh, what is kind of happening in the world of research um, and 
not always the world of research, um, workshops are being created and uh, interventions are being run that are including, uh, you know, um, meditations or writing tasks about being more compassionate to ourselves. Uh, so not that was actually an uh, interesting finding in the literature was that, and then why we couldn't actually do a meta-analysis was it wasn't all the same. Uh, so there were workshops that were just one day workshops on body image uh, where people were uh, receiving measures pre or post. Uh, one of the um, interventions in there was a randomised control trial of um, people in the army uh, and they were receiving uh, nutritional information and meditation um, to increase self-compassion uh, and that tracked them. That was a randomised control trial that track them over a number of weeks uh, with outcomes looking at um, mindful eating um, and weight management as well in relation to their meditation intervention strategies um, that were compassion focused. Uh, so yeah, that there's a range of different things that could have been used in their interventions. Yeah, actually, it's, mm. it's sort of interesting, even at that level, isn't it, that, that mm. when you really looked into it, um, it there's a lot of diversity there you know there's a lot mm. of different things that people are doing different mediums of presentation different lengths of treatment different kind of mm. components even of the interventions and and um, you know it's, so people are really sort of working on this you know trying to, to, to sort of um, you know kind of develop a way to approach you know body weight mm. shame and and so yeah. on uh, but there's, there's, well, I guess you're at the cutting edge of it, really, because uh, there, there sort of hasn't been, uh, you know, several trials yet of any particular approach, you know, it, it's yeah, still yeah. quite diverse. And, and you said there that meant it couldn't be an, a meta-analysis in a way. What, what did you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, just because um, the studies that we found um, didn't, weren't all the same basically so people were receiving say one day workshop in relation to a six month um, trial of these practices and say within that workshop there may have been um, just one discussion on um, self-compassion and a, an activity may have been a writing task or a, a meditation and imagery. So just because of the diversity of um, the exposure and the activities, uh, we can't really form a finite um, strict meta-analysis um, yeah. on it. Yeah. Okay, so, so what 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 did you find though in terms of these uh, yeah the, the the diverse interventions but but what did you find in terms of i guess the the effect there or or you know the outcomes yeah so a range of things um overall uh, compassion is helpful not harmful so okay. that's a great thing <laughs> um but um Compassion was found to actually help with eating and health-related behaviours, so um, exercise engagement um, and uh, mental health as well, uh, depending on what the range of measures being used were as well. Uh, so some people, as I said, were using uh, mental health wellness, um, quality of life scales, others were using um, DAS and things like that, or depression, anxiety, stress scales. Um, also, it was mixed reviews whether it helps um, weight loss or um, 
building body mass as well uh, in exercises. And that actually really came down to, well, uh, the target of the interventions as well. So um, what they were aimed to really be doing, um, yeah. There was actually meditation. Um, a lot was in the um, in the um, realm of meditation and yoga as well, and holistic um, health retreats. Uh, so um, that helped too. Yeah. Just a, a curiosity of mine, but but what what did you find people were using in terms of to assess compassion or self compassion? Was there any? kind of interesting sort of findings there? Yes, there were. So the most popular scale was um, Kristen Nath's um, self-compassion scale. Uh, and a lot of people were using the total score and more recent research is starting to use um, the uh, body, the shame scale and body uh, shame scale, which was developed by um, Christine Duart's team. Um, and, but that's more recent research uh, because those scales are more, uh, have come out more recently. So that was actually what was uh, interesting finding in a lot of these studies weren't actually looking at the outcomes that we know are directly related to compassion. So they weren't necessarily looking at the flow of compassion or uh, strictly the shame and self-criticism um, or self-reassurance. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like the, the, the area is, is really kind of a bit exponential at the moment. And, and yeah, so a, yeah. a number of the, the, the measures are really, you know, the di different ones are starting to, to come mm -hmm. into it. And, and, and also, it like, point. it's interesting to kind of think about these scales in, are they a specific outcome for body image and body weight as well? Um, so I now know that um, the uh, compassion teams are working on a specific um, uh, weight criticism, or I think um, instead of just self-criticism overall, but specific criticism in relation to the body. Um, and, you know, we now have the body image shame scale that's really specifically targeting um, body image in relation to those uh, internal and external shame factors uh, that we know are quite important and different from each other as well. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting to see these scales um, are becoming developed noticing that the way we feel about our bodies are, is different to how we're capturing other things as well. Yeah. Yes, I noticed you mentioned sort of the importance of what what the target of the intervention was versus you know the various things that might also be measured. And and, and mm. so yes, you, 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 we're really wanting to have that specificity around the target um, body yeah. image. Um, weight related shame kind of is if that's the interventions target then we need to really kind of assess that well yeah so that's that's um kind of cool so then the next step was really exploring the model I think you, you used a, a sort of a large survey there to, to kind of understand the different um con constructs in the model so so tell us a bit about study two so yeah the survey scale we had um Oh, almost 1,700 participants uh, complete that survey from uh, around the world. Uh, and that was 
Very cool. Uh, so we use uh, structural equational modelling. So looking at the relationship between the variables that we were we popped into the uh, program and to have a look at the strength uh, between those. So uh, we were quite interested in looking at whether or not uh, what well, the founding elements of uh, compassion focused therapy being based on social mentality theory. So we looked at the relationship between weight actual and then weight perceived. So looking at uh, actual BMI, as well as how large one defined themselves as on a scale of one to seven. Uh, and then we looked at the social rank variables. So social comparison, body weight, shame and submissiveness, uh, self-criticism. Uh, so how people were relating to themselves. So the self-criticism with inadequate self, self-hatred and self-reassurance. Uh, and then some mental health uh, measures being anxiety or um, anxious and depressive symptomologies from the DAS scale. And results actually showed that people in higher weight ranges both actual and perceived um, were, if they um, were felt shame in relation to their body. So body weight doesn't necessarily mean um, body weight shame. Uh, so if it did, we we're actually finding that body weight shame and perceived body weight was actually related to changes in self um, relating styles and those social rank variables as well. So higher levels of social comparison, high levels of, as I was saying, the body weight shame and submissiveness, submissiveness um, and self-relating was higher levels of self-hatred, which was a key one. Um, inadequate self was high as well, um, but really low levels of self-reassurance. Um, and these were then um, the key predictors of mental health struggles being anxiety and depression. Interestingly, that pathway model came alive or um, was also significant uh, if people had a lower, um, were in a lower weight range, but only um, not the actual one. So the BMI didn't predict that. Uh, for lower weight ranges, but if people within lower weight ranges perceive themselves as being in a higher weight range, then that model was significant again. So it's starting to show how dangerous this perception of weight is and what we as a culture and society have created in relation to um, being ashamed about weight and size um, and how these are key indicators of you know these social rank variables starting to compare ourselves with others um, having shame in relation to our body um, submitting uh, which a key submission here is dieting um, and then how we're relating to ourselves as well through higher levels of self-hatred um, and low levels of reassurance um, and mental health outcomes right and I think this is really what my passion was wanting um, to kind of uh, 
shout off the rooftops was starting to say that you know there's no eating disorder involved here but this is causing how we're viewing our body is causing such battles for everybody and we need to be considering this um as a thing like yeah yeah something that needs to actually be addressed yeah. uh, because it's completely created yeah so so how we perceive our bodies and then potentially the shame we feel and, and perhaps even body weight shame just really influences other and self-relating with others we feel downranked we feel submissive we feel kind of inadequate with ourselves we start to become self-hating and, and also less self-reassuring and then from all of that um, kind of arises the, the the real mental health challenges from there absolutely and it's also starting to highlight the dangers in um, continuing to tell people to go on diets as well, um, we know the literature says time and time again, diets do not work. Um, and so this pathway model really starts to address that as well in when we're talking about submitting, uh, we're talking about changing our body um, to a normative view of what a body should look like, even though it's normal not to be in a lower BMI range. Um, but then the dieting, um, we know uh, we can lose weight right on a six weeks, 12 week um, health challenge, yet reducing our um, levels of calories, uh, committing to these uh, exercise programs that, um, you know, that don't really reflect uh, what we can actually be doing uh, in our lives. Uh, we start plateauing, dropping off, and that starts entering this inadequate self, right? And the self-hatred, why can't I do this? Um, and, you know, others can stick to these programs, right? So we're starting to enter the self, um, self-relating pattern that has high levels of self-hatred, high levels of um, inadequacy and low levels of self-reassurance. So instead of being able to turn around and say, it's all right, it's okay to have a piece of cake for your child's birthday, or it's okay that you miss that run that day or whatever that may be, we, tomorrow we can go for a longer run or whatever. Um, that's where the, there's no, the lower reassurance isn't helping um, us continue with health engaging behaviours. Um, and then this is leading to mental health challenges. So we keep telling people to get into this, um, uh, to address their weight or address um, their health um, desires and goals in a way that's creating a pathway model that um, is causing mental health challenges. Thanks, Matt, as yeah. well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, diet culture mm. uh, is dangerous in a couple of ways. One is that diets don't actually work in terms yeah, of yeah. You know, actual weight or, you know, and sometimes can actually make that worse, but also uh, really starts to feed the negative self-perception and all the various variables that you've been measuring there. It, it mm. sort of exacerbates all that and makes that kind of worse. And so with yeah. the, the diet culture, you know, mm. just serves to, kind of really inflame you know the, these these different pathways yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah good so um really important findings and i guess led you to sort of the conclusion that some sort of compassion focused approach might actually could work, could work, could be helpful <laughs> not um, helpful 
And so, yeah, you, you sort of mentioned that, I, I guess study three was a kind of a, a pilot study, like you, you were giving CFT a, a, a bit of a try just to see how that might go initially. So yeah, tell us about study three. Yeah, so study three was, um, as you said, like a pilot trial. So we had uh, five participants uh, who completed the 12 session group therapy program in six weeks. So uh, kudos to them. That was a very big commitment. Um, and myself and James or James facilitated, I co-facilitated uh, twice yeah, a week. Um, and we analyzed their change across group variables, uh, but also individual variables as well. So we used uh, reliable change index scores, so comparing their pre and post measures just with themselves to see how reliable their change was, but also to see if they um, change clinical levels of significance, if um, that was a thing um, for them. And we also took data on focus groups. So we actually were interested to see how they found the program uh, as a participant satisfaction scale. And as I said, through the focus groups. So we uh, did a mixed design there and uh, got as much out of those five as we could. Um, yes, it sounds like- Generous you, souls. You, yes, you, you, they, 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 they they did a good good job for you. They they did they the, the 12 sessions in six weeks. They did some questionnaires by the sound of it for groups, but also for the clinical, um, clinically reliable change and then and then the focus groups. So um yeah, tell us a little bit about the 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 objective results, first of all. You know, what what did you find pre-post with with the, the measures? Well, we found um, that the program was able to actually ha have improvements across all of the measures. Mm -hmm. So that being the body image shame, uh, body weight shame, sorry, um, the mental health variables that we looked at, as well as compassion and health engaging behaviours too, which was fabulous. Um, and they were seen at uh, some of those at group levels, but then also at uh, clinical change index as well so those that uh, were struck were in a clinical range of depression for example or um, had an eating disorder at the start actually um, their range uh, reduced to a non-significant level by the end of the six-week program really um, very intense <laughs> for them um, and there was reliable change index scores as well so all the results were generally reliable um, a reliable change from the individuals too mm. which is very exciting um, and what was interesting we were able to actually get more feedback from during the uh, focus group yeah. as well so that actually helped us gain a lot more data on what these measures weren't really picking up as well so I think as I said before in relation to the systematic review we we're finding a lot of the uh, scales that were being measured um, not necessarily related to uh, body weight shame or how we're relating to our bodies so, uh, for example, we were capturing um, 
self-criticism, um, yet not necessarily in relation to the body, uh, or the uh, social, the compassion, engagement, and action scale. Uh, yet that was general again, and not uh, specific to what the program was targeting, which was the body weight shame. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That the um, uh, it's really important to sort of you know measure what we were what we're trying to intervene with, and and I mean it's incredible really that 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 the, the pilot study showed such positive results. You know that there, there yeah. was there was reliable and clinically significant change there. People were moving mm. from a clinical range to a non-clinical range, but the, the 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 nuance is very interesting. You know that the focus groups, and that's really the value of a mixed mixed design isn't it here is, is the focus groups really gave you some clues about um, perhaps the measures and 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 this idea again of specificity you know how can we really try to be specific about what we're measuring compassion but or, or self-compassion but related to the body and, and body image or or self-criticism or shame but again related to the body or body image and so that that was yeah that's very very interesting um kind of findings now the fourth study which of course is is also dear to my heart mm. <laughs> um the it was an rct so you, you did the pilot study and got some some great results and some good feedback and then um, moved into the rct so tell us about that one well the rct um was a Mammoth RCT, which is fabulous. It captured um, the once again results from uh, group levels uh, as well as clinical change levels, uh, reliable change levels, um, and we actually also captured heart rate variability as well. So we uh, were able to have a look at physiological outcomes. Um, and we haven't published our data on um, or analysed it um, for that matter at the moment, but also on group variables too. So um, the important part, as we were talking about before, of compassion-focused um, therapy is the flow of compassion. And so creating a group program actually helps us have a look at the flow of compassion in time how people the fears blocks and resistances of compassion when people are receiving it in relation to the group members when we're sharing content and being vulnerable and how that's received by others and those barriers that are coming up and blockers and fears when somebody actually responds in an empathetic way um, and what happens there. So uh, that is another paper and some more data that we have um, yet to have a look at and analyse. Uh, so it's a very exciting study. Um, I think we covered all bases um, as much as we possibly could. Yeah, uh, yeah so we got uh, almost 80 participants who signed up, completed uh, the pre-session measure, so uh, over the phone. So they had to have a BMI greater than 30 and experience body weight shame and uh, be able to commit and be available to the sessions across 12 weeks. So this one was uh, two-hour sessions once a week uh, for the duration of the program. Uh, and that 
once they did that, they came in for a heart rate variability assessment, which was an hour assessment uh, on they sat there for 10 minutes and we got baseline recordings. Then we actually showed them uh, images of uh, Fitspiration models and um, plus size models uh, that I just found on um, Instagram. And we cleared as I did represent those definitions. And uh, also they were asked to bring in images of themselves. So those conditions were randomised um, and will also be another paper. Uh, then after they did that one hour, I, or, um, a friend of mine randomised people into a control condition, which was weightless control. So they either started immediately or they started in 12 weeks time. And then we started the groups and ran 12 sessions um, of the very new um, manualized program. The, the, the CFT manual? CFT, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, so you, you um, th there's some really interesting ideas there looking at, at um, you know, sort of FBRs and so on, sort of in motion. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. really fascinating. Uh, looking at HRV, but that initial assessment with, with different imagery and, and kind of, you know, sort of seeing how things sort of change with all of that. Um, and and then getting these these eighty participants kind of randomised. So actually, what... oh, and sorry, I forgot to say we um, did then a post after the twelve sessions, but then we did a three month and six month follow up as well. Yes, yeah. Yes. Now, what was the result? What <laughs> was the result? We're sitting here, wait on on the edge of our seats. I mean, how, yeah. How, how did the um, how how were the outcomes with with all of the participants? Uh, it was fabulous. Um, could not have asked for better results. Um, we had significant changes um, for, at pre, uh, post intervention as well as six month follow up and three month follow up. Um, and those changes were at um, reliable change index scores as well as clinical movement as well. But yeah, we had um, significant results across uh, mental health measures. Um, the social rank measures of the um, self-relating styles, the shame measures, uh, and health-engaging behaviours as well. What, what about, I guess, specifically, you know, the, the, the yeah. body weight shame? I mean, what, yeah. what did you find? Because that's really the, the key outcome variable, isn't it, I suppose, with this, with this um, intervention? It is, it is. Um, and so that remained, um, had a significant decrease um, for at pre, uh, sorry, at post, um, as well as the three month and six months. So it was a remain stable. Um, and dieting um, can, was stable as completely to the six month follow up, um, which was fabulous. So it, it, it dieting behaviours changed pre and post yeah. and then maintained. As yeah, well. yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing stuff. Now, th this is the paper that's not yet published, I think you said earlier, but the, the other ones are. So I think we'll, we'll absolutely um, put some links to the, yeah. the various papers that, that you've got out there. And well, looking forward to, to sort of seeing the, the RCT uh, in print. I, I guess, 
you know, I, I was as I was watching you, I, I can see the passion. I can see the, the the sort of the deep curiosity and interest, and and I can see the delight that you felt that you feel about you know just the the impact that that these things can make. I, I suppose I was curious. I mean, what what was this all like for you? You know, like at a at a personal level to 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 make such a contribution, really, but but to sort of you know achieve these these results. What what was that like personally? I think it was absolutely fabulous. Um, and it was something that I, it was a meme that I had seen, I think in my first year as well, um, I think from like PhD comics or something. And, you know, it just said that um, we think that the end result of our PhD is the thesis, but really it's you, you know, um, and it really is the um, skills that I've learned, the people that I've worked with, but, um, I've just found it so fulfilling um, what I have learnt during these um, three, four years. Um, you know, the documents and piece of paper, that, that one line of a published uh, paper on the CV, uh, it's definitely more than that. It's, um, it has been life-changing um, being able to um, spend... Uh, all this time reading and working within um, the field of compassion, uh, but also connecting with so many people in the compassion community online um, that I've never met before that have just been following and uh, chatting to me along the way and just showing their support. So it's, it's those things that have just made this um, such a valuable experience. Um, and getting to work with such um, fabulous people so early in my career as well. I think that's where I feel um, very truly blessed as well. It's been such a big change that I can see has impacted myself as a practitioner as well as a person um, at, been, um, at such a great time, yeah, in my career. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's beautiful. And, and so what's next what what more research alicia or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um absolutely um and practice as well so i'm yes. um, doing it all uh absolutely but um i uh presented um chatted to russell um uh, a little while ago and he had a fabulous question that i really can't shake from um I really just can't shake it. Uh, it was actually about attachment in relation to all of this bodyweight shame. And it just made me really think about how we consider insecure attachment as being related to uh, so many different things. Um, but I, I, I still feel that this bodyweight shame is just so different. I mean, we can have family members as our secure attachments, yet they can shame us for our weight. Um, so I think this is a very interesting field here where um, it is just so common for your peers and your loved ones to go on diets with you. Um, or if um, I'm assuming you're not on dating apps, <laughs> but on dating apps, you'll find people, uh, uh, they'll say, oh, fatties need not apply. 
And it's like, so even if, um, you know, your first, oh, what a twit, you know, because um, yeah, I, I used the twit in that comment and context, um, you know, you, you swipe the left, um, but you're still getting an unconscious message of weight is important for intimate relationships, right? Um, and listening to people's experience of um, the body weight shame scale or the body image shame scale, where it asks a very valuable question about uh, intimacy with one's partner. And you hear people's um, discussions of my partner um, thinks I look beautiful, but I don't. And it really is um, this social comparison between um, uh, between um, genders, I guess, um, within genders, sorry, thinking that attachment is for um attraction but it's very messed up um and not necessarily telling the whole story there um it's kind of a minefield uh on how this stuff can also be so intergenerational and these messages kind of being handed down by presumably our um safest people in the world so there's um cool things to explore and uh, in relation to compassion identity as well um, and how we can start looking at that as an individual but also a collective as a whole too. Yes, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, a lot, so much of our shame can begin in, our, in, in relationships and yet the pathway out is also relationships. And, and so the, that, that's, you're interested in all of that. Yeah, in everything. <laughs> that, that wild web of, of what it is to be human. Well, Alicia, I, I appreciate again that, that you came to, to have this little chat. There's some very interesting and, and, well, inspiring work that you've been doing there and results that you've got. So thank you very much for being so on much. Compassion in a T-shirt. <laughs> thank you, Stan. <laughs> Do we go down the elevator now? Back down the elevator. <laughs>